0: Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Livin' the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, man? Hey JJ, it's Melissa. Oh man, hi hi, Melissa. Um, Denny's in a bad place right now. He's uh he's still crying in the shower. He's been crying in the shower for close to a week, actually, because of Dennis Pitta's hip injury. Oh man. It's worse than I thought. It's it's really bad. You, you got to listen to what happened today.
1: <laughs>
0: Honey, are you still in here?
1: Oh, my God, Dennis Pitt. Oh, my God. Is out for the year. I can't believe it. I wrote so, so much about him. He was supposed to inherit Anquan's Anquan Bolden's role in that offense and get targets over the middle. Oh my God, what am I gonna do?
0: But there's always Dixon. that Dixon.
1: that that that's true. But then, oh God. Oh.
0: Man, that's that's a lot worse than I thought. I knew that he was pretty uh depressed on the Twitter out there, but I didn't realize that he was in the shower tweeting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really sad. Uh oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think I hear him. Honey. Denny.
1: Hey guys, uh I'm I'm out of the shower. It's been six days. It's- I thought it was time to come on and, and just, just, you know, pull myself up by my bootstraps and and get used to life. Without Dennis Pitta,
0: it's good. good it's you. good to hear your voice. Good for you. Yeah,
1: I figured. It, you know, it had been six days since I'd seen my wife or my six, seven-month-old kids. So you know, <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, I thought, I thought it, was, I thought it was time to accept what happened, to stop crying. You know, to actually come eat. I'm, I'm, I'm starving. Actually, I haven't eaten in six days, and I've been tweeting. You know, going to the bathroom in the shower. It's been horrible, honestly.
0: Oh man, that sounds, that sounds awful.
1: It, it was. Pretty bad, JJ. Pretty bad. And you were
0: you were away last weekend, right? Whenever the news broke.
1: Oh yeah, I was in New York City. Yeah, so so we were in Rockefeller Center. Me and Melissa, my wife, everyone, um, and uh, uh, you know, I I get all these tweets. You know, people saying I, I'm so sorry for your loss and this and that. And I was and I was like, oh okay, so something horrible has happened. And you know, I saw Dennis Pitta uh, had a horrible hip injury uh actually i I heard john harbaugh say it was like um it's it's similar to injuries people suffer in car accidents oh man so, so, that, it was so kind that's of good. it was a bit of a metaphor it is right and uh you know i, I in in hindsight you know I, I did spend the last six days weeping in the shower uh but in hindsight uh i realized that i was probably never going to own dennis pitta in any leagues because he was going in the uh, early seventh round
0: that's very true
1: very and true. so I think all those tears were shed for nothing. Nothing. Yes.
0: yes. Well, tonight, I'm glad that you're here because we have a pretty sweet podcast plan. We're going to actually be uh, live mock drafting while we're podcasting. So awesome. in about a second here, and I think I just, I just sent you the link via Skype machine, Denny, if you can, get, you. If you can click that and get in there. Uh, we're about to send the link out to the, the Twitterverse, uh, and get, get people in there. So try to, are, are you going to get really close to me, Denny, in the, in the, in the, uh, order?
1: Hey, uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm, let me, let me see real quick. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, if, if people are like, um, de- desperate dying to get in this, we, we might do it again. Just, just you yes. know, well, I see.
0: Uh, what's, is your, is, did you join this yet?
1: I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working. I, I, my computer is uh, from the late 80s, so it's, um, it's working. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. I am going to. Because
0: I'm going to tweet this out.
1: Yes. All right. No, I'm, I'm way away from you, man.
0: Okay. Are you in uh, though? Okay. I see it.
1: Yes. All right. I'm in. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It's filling up, guys. Is it already
0: filling up? All right. Anyway, we should probably uh, we should probably chat while this is going on. So what we're gonna do? Uh, I'm in the five spot. We have six minutes until the draft starts. Uh, I'm in the five spot. Uh, we got Denny in the eleven spot, and I just tweeted the link. So I think what we're gonna do, we'll take a break right now, and then we'll come back in once uh, things get going, and then we'll start we'll start just talking, just free. We're like we're gonna be like. We're gonna be like Eminem and Eight Mile tonight, just freestyling this. Thing. And we're back. We are ready to do some mock drafting. We had some technical difficulties just a second ago.
1: Um, we did. I apologize, everyone. My my yeah. uh, my computer is in need of upgrading. Therefore, I took three quarterbacks in that. Yeah, that we mock. we just
0: did. We started we started a mock draft. Uh, Denny got auto picked because the computer froze and then he got auto picked again. So he ended up with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, which is awesomely, terrifically bad from a late round quarterback from an anything perspective
1: from an anything. Yes. If you like fantasy football at all. Also, it, it's excellent in three quarterback leagues.
0: Yes, that's very true. Yeah. It's a great three quarterback league team. So we just, <laughs> we just started the draft, uh, AP went first uh, to at Tony Ivy, and then Arian Foster went to at pseudo football at two, and then Team Ram, Corey Ram, got Marshawn at three, Jamal, Marshawn at three again. Wow, yeah. We shouldn't say again because people don't know about the other one. Jamal Charles at four, Doug Martin at five. I'm going to go Ray Rice at six, and the reason for that. Is because of why Denny was crying in the shower earlier uh, this week and, and up until this podcast started. Because I think he's going to be involved in the passing game. This is point five PPR draft. Uh, I think that Ray Rice has a legitimate shot. I'm not even kidding to lead that team, get close to leading that team in receiving.
1: Sure, I don't. I don't think seventy receptions is out of reach.
0: Yeah. So Spiller went after, Ray Rice, LaShawn McCoy went at eight, Trent Richardson at nine, Denny you're coming up in a second. Steven Jackson at ten to Davis Maddock, our buddy. Who it sounds like he's consistently auto tuned. Yeah, right, right. He has a machine attached to his face.
1: That just it's a, it's a really cool picture.
0: It's a great picture. He looks like Bane from, from uh Batman. Here we go. Everyone's everyone's afraid that Denny's computer froze again. But alas, he just he picked Matt Forte. It
1: Matt worked. Forte, there you go. Everybody knows I'm high on him. I think he'll catch a ton of passes in Mark Tressman's offense. I like him at the end of the first round every time.
0: Me too. In a PPR league, he's gonna be a stud. An absolute stud.
1: Yeah, I mean he might not get two hundred and thirty carries, but I think I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah. I agree with you, and he might. I mean, he still he still could hit that that number. Yeah, uh, sure. Calvin went at twelve, uh, right after Forte got selected. So we're at the turn right now with uh, how would you say that handle? J-, <laughs> J at J Mungrund, Jeff Ungrund, Mungrund. Yes. Yes. So he's um, up at the beginning around 2. He still has See
1: now, now now this is where my crisis of faith in the running back running back uh situation comes in cuz right now I, I it's my pick. Uh I have uh guys like Chris Johnson, Frank Gore, uh some others that I just I can't I, I cannot take at this at the number 14 pick. And you know, guys like Dez Bryant who I'm going to pick it's just staring me at in the face right now. I just, I can't, I can't turn him do down.
0: It. Uh, do it. Oh, he got Dez. So you, do you like, you like Dez over AJ green?
1: I, I, I do. I do because, uh, I think that, I, I think that he is, if he, if he can continue anything close to the pace that he had in the last, what, six weeks mm-hmm. of last year, um, i think that he's just kind of irresistible um and especially if you know you're talking half ppr or full ppr i just i can't turn him away right now
0: yeah so i'm up right now uh it's a second round i have who again saying this is not fun i'm gonna go with uh frank gore here in the second round uh Again, I think that I think that, you know, they have a great offensive line. We all think that he's going to going to fall off the face of the earth, but uh
1: I mean, we've all thought that since 2008.
0: Exactly. And I don't I don't I think, you know, he the, I've seen reports that for what they're worth that he's he's hungry. Um he still needs to win that Super Bowl, and I think that uh he's a a solid pick this season. He's he's a safe pick even though he's he's old from a for a running back.
1: Yeah, I mean, also you got. I mean, Kendall Hunter, I don't think is the threat to cut into carries like he was last year after suffering that major knee injury. I think it was ACL. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lamichael James, you know, didn't show that he could be uh, a legit timeshare sure. threat sure. To, to Frank Gore.
0: I think, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. So as a recap, uh, after Denny picked Des Bryant at the second pick in the in the second round. Uh, Brandon Marshall and A.J. Green went right after. Then Chris Johnson, Ridley in a PPR, which I don't really like in the middle of the second round. Uh, Then Frank Gore, MJD, uh, Demarius, Darren McFadden, Jimmy Graham, Julio, and Darren Sproles. So that kind of rounds out. Well, I guess Julio was the last pick of the uh, second round, Darren Sproles at the turn, which is a very, very good value. I really shouldn't have passed him up uh, in the second round.
1: Right, you know, yeah. I I I think the the full PPR takes effect there. I mean, when we're talking about half and full, I I would have considered honestly, I would have considered Sproles at that 14 pick, um, if it was a uh, full PPR. Um, but uh, I just I don't have him that high in half or definitely not standard. Yeah. Uh, but you you should definitely consider that if you're in full PPR league.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, after Sproles was Roddy White. And then we just had two quarterbacks go off the board at the beginning of the third round with Aaron Rodgers at 27, Drew Brees at 29. And then I ended up getting a guy that I like a lot this year, uh, in Reggie Bush. I think that, uh, in any PPR format, he's, he's, he could easily catch 60, 70 balls this year. Um, I think that he, he, he might not get the amount of rushing yards that, that he did in Miami. Uh, which was like a thousand fifty, eleven 1, hundred, but uh, and and I do like Joyke Bell a lot as as well as his backup, um, but but I think that Reggie Bush has has great upside in that that seven hundred and twenty seven pass attempt offense.
1: Uh, Gronkowski just went it with the thirty second pick. I mean, obviously we don't know if he's going to miss any time, if he's going to miss one game or three or five. Um, but I, I, still, I would take him there if he, if they said he's going to be out for the first two weeks of the season, uh, I would still take him at that around, right around that spot.
0: Yeah, and and I, I think I just mentioned Jimmy Graham, but he went at twenty three, which is the end of the second round. Is that, is that something that you're comfortable doing uh, in a .5 PPR, or would you only do that in a full? Uh,
1: I'm not, I'm not horrified by that pick. I, I would have gone differently in, in a full PPR. I would have definitely taken him there though.
0: Yeah. I I mean, people know my stance on the whole tight end thing with Jimmy Graham and stuff. I I think that he had in order. I understand a a late second round pick, but I think that if he's going to live up to a first round grade, he's going to have to perform like he did in 2011, uh, if not better, which means he can't make a mistake. He can't. He has to put up nine plus points almost every single week. And I know people are going to listen to this and shake their heads. No. But when you factor in the replaceability of the tight end position and how many points other tight ends are scoring, um, the 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 real answer, the math answer to that is is yes. Um, so after I picked Reggie Bush, Vincent Jackson left, and then Gronk, as as Denny mentioned, uh, followed by Demarco Murray, Le'Veon Bell, and David Wilson. Did you get you got David Wilson there, Denny?
1: I did take Wilson because I just didn't trust him being there on my next pick, and uh, I even even in a timeshare. Uh, with Andre Brown, uh, I've written a lot about it. I, I, I'm fine with uh, Wilson. You know, not not being a, a kind of uh, bell cow uh, running back for yeah. the Giants, and he and he won't be. He won't be. Right. So don't don't treat him as one. But I think he's a guy who. Oh, it's my turn. I think it's a he's the kind <laughs> of guy who has the uh, the, the the talent to um, to to make the most of a very sure. limited number of carries
0: it's a a spiller kind of not I mean it's it's spiller like in that he David Wilson's a guy who doesn't need a ton of volume in order to be relevant in fantasy football which is why you know everyone's saying do you want Andre Brown or David Wilson and and to me it's it's both of them I think are going to live up to their ADPs I think that they're both they they both could easily be value picks right now I do like Andre Brown a lot I think that he's he's still going to be pretty good in, in fantasy I like David Wilson more and I can't fault you for getting him at the end of the third.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm fine with I mean, I'm not crazy about it. I don't think that I'm going to get a ton of value out of him there, but I think that I will get some. I just took Jordy Nelson with the 38th pick of the draft. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Nelson, last time he was a uh, – last time he played a full season 2011, he was the number two – uh fantasy wide receiver so i'm not saying that he's going to do that again yeah but just to know that he has that sort of upside definite upside you know th- this is not a guess a lot of guys we, we have to guess this time of year we know what he can do so um i think with 16 games um i really like him at that spot i i i hedged on chris ivory and i think this is a kind of recency uh bias but I mean, Ivory's not practicing already. He's yeah. already bulky with the hamstrings and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't invest a pick in in him at that at that spot right now.
0: Yeah. Um. To to update everyone on the draft. So as Denny said, he picked Jordy Nelson right before him. Uh, at the turn was Andre Johnson and Randall Cobb. So Denny picked Jordy Nelson a spot after Cobb. Um. And then Marcus Colston, Larry Fitzgerald, Reggie Wayne, Wes Welker. Then I got Victor Cruz, so a nice a nice wide receiver run, but I actually like Victor Cruz more than Wes Welker, Reggie Wayne, and Fitzgerald this season. Um so I was really happy with getting Cruz there. Peyton Manning went right after me in the fourth round, which is where I've seen this is actually a a, a, a more favorable quarterback draft than I've participated in uh recently. Whether I don't know if it's just the people that we're drafting with or what. Um but but Manning goes in the in the third or in the fourth rather as the third quarterback taken, followed by Danny Amendola, Monty Ball, Chris Ivory, who you just mentioned, and Steve Smith. Um, so I, it's it's going it's going as expected, I'd say. We're now in the first pick of the of the fifth round. Steve Smith in the fourth round at the end of the fourth round is probably the highest that I've seen him picked in a mock draft this year.
1: Yeah, me too. I what what's his ADP? Probably the late fifth.
0: Yeah, late fifth, early sixth. I know that I mean I, I pimped him out pretty hard whenever uh ADP numbers started coming out. It didn't make any sense where he was drafted at. But, but again, I you know, the end of the fourth is pretty surprising. But but there aren't there aren't many wide receivers. I'd probably take Antonio Brown over him in a PPR league, but there aren't a yeah. ton of receivers that are um you know, they're Dwayne Bow maybe. Um but but yeah, that's it's it's an interesting pick. And right after him, uh Tony Ivey picked uh Ahmad Bradshaw who's already not healthy.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't deal with that. I I, I, can't I mean, I would take Matthews over Bradshaw and Matthews went one pick after Bradshaw. Yeah,
0: me too. And then and then Eric Decker, man. Oh, Cam Newton just went too at 52 in the 5th round. Um that's the, the fourth quarterback. That's not bad value. And that's no, fa- fa- that, Go ahead. Right. It's my turn I'll to pick. To
1: say, I, I have to say. I think the people um, should should really you know realize that the, the drafts you're going to be in this month, Cam Newton's not going to be going in the fifth round. It's just yeah. it's he's just not. And I'm I know that might not sound snobbish or, or something, but uh, I I really doubt that like the average drafter is going to wait until the, they're, they're going to jump on Cam Newton in the first 15, 20 picks. So. Right. It's just important to keep that in mind,
0: right? I ended up getting my boy Antonio Brown, my favorite player in the NFL. Uh, but biases aside, I mean, he's going to probably catch eighty. He he could reach. And Evan Silva said this as well on in Roto, on Roto World. Uh, he could reach a hundred catches. I'm not. It's not out of out of the question. There's not many targets in Pittsburgh with with Heath Miller out, um, probably to start the season, and Mike Wallace obviously gone. Antonio Brown could be a huge volume guy. Um, so I got him right after Rashard Mendenhall got drafted by uh, by uh, by Chad Ladd, some random guy in this in this draft. But um, by the way, I want to I want to do this now is, is give a shout out to Adam Pfeiffer. Uh, you guys probably have read his stuff on Root on rant sports, um, but he was in our other draft that had a little bit of technical difficulties and he missed out on this one. He was the one guy who missed out. Which is why Chad Ladd is in here, I believe. If 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 I'm wrong, I apologize to Chad Ladd. But <laughs> it's just phenomenal and that's his name too. Uh but but just a little shout out to Adam Pfeiffer. You guys should follow him on Twitter. Um I a- Pfeiffer R S, I believe, is his is his handle. Um give him a follow. Feel bad that he wasn't able to to get back into this uh, into this draft, but he's a good he's a good follow too. Don't think that I'm just doing this as a charity case.
1: No, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's uh, he's all always on Twitter, always writing about pretty much things as they happen. So yeah. follow.
0: So Denny's up right now. I'll give you a recap. So I got Brown, then Dwayne Bowe left the board. Then Jason Witten as the third tight end off. Then Pierre Garcon, then Shane Vereen in the fifth. Cecil Shorts, Tori Smith, and Eddie Lacy gets drafted uh, in the last pick of the, looks like the second, no, the first pick in the sixth round of this 12-team mock. And Denny just got a potential steal of the draft with Hakeem Nix.
1: I do feel pretty good about Nix.
0: 6.02, Hakeem Nix. I know that he's got some some injury woes right now, but that still seems like pretty good value.
1: Yeah, listen, I, I totally understand why he would drop, and I'm not, I'm not high on him by any means. But I think this is a case where you know his his injury history and and his uh, potential for being injured is sort of somewhat built into his ADP. Um, so I, I'm fine with them taking him there. I heard Tom Coughlin say today uh, that that um, the trainers are being very you know uh, cautious with. With his various injuries, it, look, it, it doesn't make me feel good, but it makes me feel a little better than they were if they were to say we're shutting them down for the rest of the you know training camp or whatever. Uh, yeah. And and you know I mean healthy, even for you know twelve games, thirteen games, I think I think Knicks provides you with um, with a big cushion there. And that, I, I do want to say I have four now, four wide receivers. I have Des Bryant, Jordy Nelson, Cecil Shorts and Akeem Nix all in that order. Um I love that depth. Um and I I sacrificed depth at running back probably but there was no one there yeah. who I felt I felt, you know, compelled to to pick. So this is a case where I I'm not afraid, you know, I'm not afraid to make a lineup decision with these with these four because we have, we have two wide receiver slots and a flex yeah so i'm gonna to have to make some difficult decisions but i think that that's a good problem to have
0: yeah i agree with you um so some some notables uh that that have gone on in the sixth round excuse me as as denny was talking about hakeem there um Gio bernard went to davis matic davis matic <laughs> in the sixth round <laughs> God, that was so bad and then right after that, Tavon left to team Zib. Uh, ben Jarvis, Green Ellis to Zon Morning in the sixth. James Jones right after that, and then I got Deshaun Jackson, who I'm not necessarily a huge fan of, uh, but I think he's going to be a volume play this year, so I'm fine with having Deshaun Jackson. He's my, he's my. I'm actually I'm loving the team that I have right now, Denny. I have I have Ray Rice, Frank Gore, and Reggie Bush, and then I have Victor Cruz, Antonio Brown, and Deshaun Jackson.
1: I'm feeling sounds like garbage sounds like garbage to me honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: am I am feeling I'm feeling good. It's it's a it's an it's not the sexiest team in the world, but I think it's one of those that that could produce.
1: No, yeah, no. I I I do I, I do I love that the Reggie Bush pick there. I think that that just could really like blow the rest of these teams out of the water because I I think that, you know, be, beyond the rushing, I mean, Jim Schwartz has said again and again that there's not really a limit to how much they're going to throw to Reggie Bush, and he's going to have that huge. I think. Oh, oh, uh, Rich Rebar uh, mentioned this last week on the pod yeah. that um, there's going to be a huge underneath opportunity for Reggie Bush because Megatron clears out the whole freaking field with uh, with that with deep coverage.
0: Right. Um. So I was. I was just. Just now searching for Mike Williams, but realized he went right uh, He went in front of us. Someone picked the the Seahawks defense right before me, which is Chad Ladd. Chad Ladd. Oh, Chad. come on, Chad. I got to name this podcast something
1: Chad Ladd related, right?
0: Chad Ladd. No, sea bags. Techni- the- technical difficulties in Chad Ladd?
1: I, no, just so everyone knows, the, the- – Oh, it's my turn. the uh, the The issue is not that he chose the Seahawks. It's that <laughs> it's that um, you know he chose a defense uh, yeah. th- this early, and I'll get more into that later. Most of you know better, but
0: for sure. While Denny's picking, Mike Williams went off. Then Seahawks D. Then I got Denario Alexander in the seventh round as my wide receiver four. Vic Ballard went right after uh, I picked DX. Then Anquan, then D'Angelo Williams, who is actually becoming more of a value pick, uh, the more the longer that Jonathan Stewart stays uh, off the field. Uh, then Kenny Britt to to Davis, Davis, and then uh, you got Miles Austin. You wanna you wanna speak to Miles Austin there?
1: I want to speak to it and say that I hate that pick. I <laughs> nice. hate what I just did. <laughs> nice. I hate it, but I was stuck. I, I, I just, I was stuck. I don't know what to say. Okay. I mean, I the, because running, I mean, I I, ha, I I felt, I feel okay, I guess, in that, in only in that there's been a major run on running backs. And, I mean, the fact that Vic Ballard just went in this, what, the early seventh round?
0: Yeah, and then Ronnie Hillman just went uh, in the eighth with, right next to Jonathan Franklin. So you're seeing a rise uh, yeah. for sure in this running back value.
1: I mean, I, I, yeah, I just, in that, in that case, I just, I don't really have a, I don't really have, there's no point in, in, in me, you know, picking that, uh, picking a running back in that situation. I am. Wow. I'm stuck. I'm stucker than stuck right now. Uh, yeah. Denny's Denny's on the clock. He got Josh. Josh
0: Gordon's fine in the eighth round.
1: I, I I feel okay about that. I mean, he's going to miss two games, but I really do believe in him once he gets back um and now i am i am just brimming with uh with wide receivers i mean you know josh gordon akeem nicks miles austin des bryant jordy nelson cecil shorts my goodness
0: so we just saw we just saw josh gordon go with from you and then we just had a quick little quarterback run with matt ryan and matthew stafford mind you we're in the that's the fourth and fifth pick in the eighth round, so that's some pretty severe value. Um, and then Mark Ingram, who I just wrote about today in the eighth round, I don't think that's – I I, don't, I like Peter Thomas almost straight up more than Mark Ingram this year.
1: Yeah, no, I, I me, me too. I think uh, Thomas has shown that his place, I mean beyond the metrics, which you did a great job of, of showing in your article uh thomas has shown that he has a place in that offense and ingram has has really yet to show that
0: yeah so right now i'm in i'm in kind of a predicament um i i i'm actually i'm gonna go quarterback here i'm gonna do it i i can't really pass up the value um so I went. I went with Colin Kaepernick in the in the eighth round, seventh pick yeah. of the eighth round. I don't think that you should pass that up. There's still RG three, Russell Wilson, and Tony Romo on the board. I've made it clear many, many times on Twitter and on this podcast that the eighth round is when you should certainly start thinking about quarterback. And if you don't see uh, a guy coming back to you in the ninth, feel fine about getting uh, a passer in the eighth round because you've you've hopefully built some depth on your team uh, at, at wide receiver and running back. I mean, usually I, I, if I'm going, if I'm going quarterback around eight, I would ideally like to have uh, four running backs to three receivers just to get that running back depth. Uh, but this time I had three running backs and four receivers, but that's only because I went running back, running back, running back on uh, the first three rounds of the draft.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, I, I will say with uh and and it, it is important. I, I saw a few tweets today about um you know whoever wins this draft is gonna be the person who waits the longest on quarterback. That that's that's not it's false. Yes, that is false. And it's also not what JJ has advocated or I mean anyone who, who looks at late round quarterback as a as a uh kind of a staple. Uh I mean what, what JJ did there was he got Significant value on a potentially elite quarterback with Kaepernick in the uh, in the eighth round. So, um, so that's really what the the point is. The point is not just to wait, just just for the sake of waiting.
0: Right. It's to it's to to obtain that value. Um, right. So right now, right. It's it's interesting though because not a lot of people. Although Tony Romo just go just went off the board. So we'll we'll see what happens when when it uh, comes back to me here, but wow, Golden Tate at number one hundred. So yeah, see ninth ninth like, round pick, Golden Tate.
1: Listen, I uh, Gates, ooh, Chad well, Lad, Chad man. Lad. Oh, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> um, okay, so Golden Tate in for a significant role in Seattle. I won't say much more than that, except for read my sports jerks dot net article. And um, but but you don't you know you don't have to take him there. You you could have waited another two rounds probably. Right, right.
0: I agree with you. I ended up I ended up getting uh, Bernard Pierce in the ninth round. Not only because it it actually, I'm really excited about that because I I have Ray Rice, and I think Bernard Pierce is going to be very fantasy related. Like Bernard Pierce could easily be a flex play this season. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty pretty excited about that pick. The one thing I'm not happy about is that. People did not end up selecting quarterbacks. I think that they're just trying to, to think that they're practicing the strategy. I guess you could say um, because RG three and Russell Wilson are still on the board, and it's the end of the night. Oh, RG three just went to you, Denny.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I can't. Yeah, you, you can't. Know.
0: Why would you pass that up? That's unreal.
1: He, and then he's playing week one. I, yeah. So so uh,
0: Russell Wilson just went right after RG3 so so all of the QB ones uh, are off the board at the end of round 9 which is probably you know historically around later than they typically uh, are off the board but I guess that's what happens when you think that you're trying to practice the late round quarterback strategy
1: No I I think this is a really good lesson though I mean the fact that you and I both own quarterbacks in the ninth, you know in right,
0: the ninth round right. I think you the, the the whole idea too is that you're you're zigging while everyone else is zagging you're not going to devalue a player just because you're sticking to your guns and just trying to pick a, a, a certain position by the way a great pick with Pierre Thomas
1: Ah, uh, thank you I thought you'd like that
0: <laughs> yeah I like that a lot then Ruben Randall wow three guys in a row that I actually like this year Pierre Thomas Ruben Randall and DeAndre Hopkins I think those are Three very very strong picks. Uh, the DeAndre Hopkins stuff is interesting because I'm not one to to buy into rookie wideouts in um, in redraft leagues, but I think that uh, this season it's a special case for DeAndre because he's clearly going to assume that second wide receiver role in, yeah. in Houston.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look uh he's already running with the first team. He has been all off season. There, there's no. There's no secret. It's not like it's not like Kubiak is saying, uh, oh, you never know. He's a rookie. We'll see. We'll see." <laughs> right. I mean, he's saying no. The guy's freaking plugged into the starting lineup. Right. I mean, that's that's a lot of confidence. Right.
0: Um, so right now, you know, we're getting so Eli Manning just left the board. I'm gonna take a flyer here. It's the 10th round. You got to go start to go upside because I feel pretty good about the rest of my team. I'm gonna just pick Isaiah Pede. Um I'm not I'm not high on any Rams running back. Uh, if anything, it's Daryl Richardson that I like most, but um, why not in the 10th round? There's no other running backs really available that that interest me because they went pretty early in this draft. Right. Um, but but I'm, I'm fine with Pete. I think that he's my he's my RB5, and I'm fine going into the season with that. Yeah.
1: Uh, Denarius Moore just went uh, in the 10th round at the start of the 10th. I, I think that that's fantastic value. Yeah. I mean – I mean, he all that uncertainty is definitely built into that ADP, plus some, uh, you know, the guy has all the skills. I, I, I just, I'm really, I really am, am impressed by that pick. I, I would have taken him if RG3 were not available.
0: I, I'm i not sold on Denarius more yet, only because uh, he's, I, I guess the whole point here, and I, I know this is what you're saying, is that his him picking him in the 10th round you're picking a very talented receiver and when you have a talented receiver like that in the 10th round he could blow up and he actually people forget that he had like a 6 5 or 6 week stretch last year of of pretty great fantasy play like top 15 fantasy play um but i don't know i'm i'm starting to move on to the streeter bandwagon denny
1: yeah oh yeah 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 that's right i saw you uh I'm uh, you. You wrote about that. I like that guy a lot. Yeah, I
0: do. I and I, I'm I'm moving towards it. I think that there's only it's going to be hard to to see more than one fantasy relevant receiver in Oakland this year, but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it'll it'll def, well, it'll it'll play out in the preseason, so nobody's right. Hmm.
1: Um, well, I mean, you can have him for free. You know, yeah, I think exactly. That's the difference.
0: Right. So after Isaiah P, there was two defenses that got picked. Chad Ladd was one of them. Chad Ladd has two defenses. Chad Ladd. Chad Ladd, come on, man. What are you doing? So, uh, John- are you trolling us? Jonathan Stewart went in the tenth round, end of the tenth round, which uh is about three rounds after D'Angelo Williams, which makes sense now. Uh, but but on fantasy football calculator, I noticed that he just only recently uh jumped behind or went behind D'Angelo Williams in ADP.
1: I I can't, I just cannot imagine a scenario in which I draft Jonathan Stewart with any kind of hope yeah. of anything that, you know, he's a, I have a
0: But I have a hard time too drafting D'Angelo Williams.
1: Oh, no, no, me too. I, you know, I really, I don't see him as a guy as like a plug and play starter. Yeah, I think
0: he's not going, yeah, he's, there's no way he, he will be hmm, 11th round, I'm going to get my tight end, Owen Daniels. I'm playing right. a, a much uh, different game in this podcast. I usually wait longer in my tight end. I usually wait longer in my quarterback. But I I like Owen Daniels. Uh, you know, he's going to be consistent for you. And, I mean, sure, I'm, I'm still going to stream. Uh, but I think the streaming in this case, when you get a guy like Owen Daniels, mm-hmm. the, the other – Piece of your streaming equation is is a waiver wire guy.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah, like you said last week, the waiver wire becomes your bench.
0: Yep. Exactly. So we got just another recap, real quick. Jonathan Stewart went. Then Chris Givens, Andy Dalton. It's pretty high for Dalton. He went to Tony Ivy. Uh, then Quiz went to at pseudo football because he only he kind of likes football.
1: He sort yeah, right. It's just that, pseudo. That's a, that's a very, I have to say, that's a very interesting way of getting into, like, the fantasy. Pretend.
0: Yeah. My new Twitter handle is going to be at sort of fantasy football. Right. <laughs> at a little bit of fantasy football.
1: So I think I'm making a pick right now that's sort of disgusting, but uh, it's Sean Green, and it's at the, it was at the end of the 11th round. And I will say this much about Sean Green. Uh, I think that he will have a, a slightly more significant role than is being anticipated, and that's going to be a team that runs and runs and runs some more.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting pick, but there's not. It's not. It's not a bad one at all because a the running back depth and b the round that you got him in
1: and I, I feel i feel like i just got an absolute just highway robbery steal here with Jermichael Finley at the start of Loving the some finley start of the 12th round. round i mean you know even if you hate him which i know 96.4% of you despise
0: 96.5 5.
1: well you're right i'm sorry god i didn't get the updated numbers yeah, before the podcast it's okay it's all right i didn't i didn't check the finley hate metric um so the, yeah i mean i know you hate him but i mean come on in the 12th round what what do you, you think he's going to underperform a 12th round pick right. at Pel- come on no he's not so right. i'm, I'm I, wow i'm really happy i'm really happy with that
0: so uh after your jermichael pick davis Matic got got <laughs> ej manual at the 135 spot uh that's, he loves that's the 12th round he loves ej manual Loves him. Uh, Martellus Bennett went right after him, and then Aaron Dobson went to Zon Morning. I'm really hoping that no one takes Ryan Broyles here. Game day chatter is up, and if he takes Ryan Broyles, I might just turn off his
1: podcast. <laughs> uh, we're going. We're turning around and going home.
0: We're, turn, we're Yeah, for for a draft that means absolutely nothing. Hopefully, he auto picks here. He's taking forever. I think he just wants me to. Oh yeah, he went Malcolm Floyd. Ryan Broyles all day in the 12th round. All day.
1: Guys, Ma- Malcolm Floyd might not have a might not have a starting gig. He
0: just yeah, that's I don't understand the Malcolm I'm not big on Malcolm Floyd. The Bears defense went right after that. What are you guys doing? Oh, it's Chad Lad. Anyway. So basically basically this is turning into an 11 team league. Um
1: Right, because Chad Ladd has nine defenses.
0: Yeah, sweet Chad Ladd.
1: <laughs> sweet Chad. I think we just found the name of the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I got Broyles and the Bears D went, then Justin Forsett went, and then Mikel LaShore. I will tell you right now that Joyke Bell, who I'm going to get in the next round if he's there. Did he get drafted yet? I didn't even think about this. Uh... Joik I think he might be gone. But Joyke Bell is going to be the number two. Oh, no, he's not gone yet. He's going to be the number two guy in Detroit, and I think that he has sneaky flex appeal this year because of um, LaShore not being very good uh, and and Joyke. (laughs) (laughs) He's just not very good at football. But he has sneaky flex appeal because of uh, Reggie Bush playing in in a dome. And not only that, I'm like – this is really strange but I'm I'm hand I'm in a way I'm handcuffing my running backs and I don't even want to. But I I like the value of their backups cuz I got Bernard Pierce with Ray Rice and now I'm hopefully going to get Joique Bell with Reggie Bush, which is not I'm not a handcuffing advocate. I'm actually I have a a draft right now of an article that's going to publish eventually if I can kind of wrap my head around how I want to frame it about why you shouldn't handcuff running backs and why it's not a an ideal situation. But in this case I'm going after value. I'm not going after uh you know handcuffing.
1: Yeah, I think that if you well, first of all, it it, it definitely drains the depth of your team to completely. I mean, if you run into bye weeks or injuries and you have a bunch of handcuffs on your bench, you're done. Um but I will say that uh if you if you don't force the issue like 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 you have not forced the issue in right. this draft, then I think that it, it can definitely work out. Uh I'm actually I'm looking at michael michael bush i own matt forte um i'm probably going to take michael bush here and and it's not forcing it but it's the 13th round right you know it's not like it, it you know don't you know there's no reason to get to get frightened and uh and take a guy three rounds early just because you want to make sure that you have a, a handcuff yeah uh, so yeah i went ahead and i drafted michael bush which you know i michael look at michael bush is a is a high-end RB2 if Matt Forte misses time this year in that offense. He's shown that he can catch passes, um, yeah. and that's that's important in this offense.
0: I agree. Your boy Cutler just got drafted right before you picked, and Christine Michael went right before him. I yeah. I understand his talent. I understand all of that. I, I just don't know in a redraft league if it's worth it unless you own Marshawn Lynch, with which uh, Jeff Ungrund, I don't believe, does because Marshawn went at the beginning of the draft. <clears throat> I, I, I understand the Christine Michael hype for his talent, but it's more for dynasty leagues than redraft leagues. I, it doesn't seem like it's worth it, to me at least, um, this season. But, you know, in six months when we listen to this podcast, I could be completely wrong.
1: Right. <laughs> when Christine Michael's the fourth-ranked RB. Yeah. Um, I just took Jeremy Curley uh, with the with my pick in the 14th round. Um, Curley is the default number one receiver. Yeah on the jets and i'm okay with taking a number one receiver on any team as even as one as sorry as the jets uh in the 14th round i i see him as a probably a a major value play i mean not when i say major i'm not saying he's gonna blow the lid off of fantasy this year but it's nice to have a guy who you know is gonna get targets that late in the draft
0: yeah i ended up going with my last uh non-defense and kicker pick i ended up going with uh um, Marcel Reese. I'm not like super high on Reese or anything, but I think uh, there's there's definite upside given McFadden's injury pronus. I know Latavius Murray's there, uh, the rookie runner, um, who's a lot like McFadden in a way. But I like Reese uh, as as a late round flyer. If if things are looking pretty thin at running back um, in a PPR, in a, only in a PPR league, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise it otherwise.
1: So oh, no, yeah, listen, Reese, Reese is gold. I mean, uh on uh on Sports Jerks, um Rich Rebar has has talked about how um Reese is the uh is kind of the the poster boy for fantasy points per route run.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which um basically if he's running routes, he's scoring you a a ton of points very efficiently.
0: I agree. So you got you ended up getting curly, and then right after that, Davis Maddock got Stephen Hill, <laughs> followed by Brandon Pettigrew, Ryan Tannehill, Kobe Fleener, who I do love this year. Um, our, our buddy Rumford Johnny and I have been really, really hyped on uh, Kobe. I think he's even been higher than on Fleener than I have, but um, I'm, a, I'm definitely a Fleener lover this year. Marcel Reese to me, and then Joe Flacco went right after me to, to Chad Ladd. Only Chad Ladd would get Joe Flacco. Um, Come on, man. Fred Davis to to Jake Myers, who is at J Myers FF, and then Braylon Edwards just got drafted. Um, pseudo okay. football took Daniel Thomas, which is an interesting pick, and then Dustin Keller, man, that is a potential steal.
1: I lo- I love Dustin Keller there. Great
0: pick by uh, team, t- by by at Tony Ivy. And then you got the Rams defense who is my top defense this season and at draft time because they're playing Arizona week 1. Oh and, man. And they're good. I think that they're good.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um well and this is the part of the draft where you should be taking a defense and my philosophy this doesn't apply across the board but I look strictly at one thing when I'm drafting a defense is and that's who are they playing in week 1. Yeah. I mean that, that that's all it boils down to. I don't fret about week two. I don't fret about week eight or week 12 or what the playoffs. I just focus on who they're playing in the foot because I, I I believe, and I know for a fact that you will be able to replace that, that defense with a more favorable matchup on the waiver wire in week two and then week three and so on and so forth.
0: Yep. So, uh, that's, that's pretty much the, the, the tail end of the draft. There's nothing really going on but kickers and defenses. So, Denny, you want to you wanna shout your team out real quick?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's strange because I'm not used to having a, an elite quarterback on my roster, but I have a RG3 quarterback. My running backs are Matt Forte and David Wilson. Uh, my wide receivers are plentiful. Uh, Dez Bryant, Jordy Nelson. Uh, Akeem Nix, um, Miles Austin, Josh Gordon, Cecil Shorts. Uh, my tight end is uh, Jermichael Finley, which, who I took in the twelfth round, mind you. I mean that's that's just crazy value. And I didn't stream tight ends with this lineup because I don't see Finley as a streaming candidate, a prime streaming candidate. And if he does struggle, then I know that a lot of guys, a lot of tight ends. Will will be there for me on the waiver wire, including uh, Jordan Cameron, wow. uh, uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Gresham. Uh, you have the all the Philadelphia tight ends, which you know maybe one will shake out. Wow. Uh, Rob Housler. Uh So you know, I, I just I think that there's a, a lot to be had there as far as tight ends go.
0: Yeah, I agree. I can't believe Cameron hasn't gotten drafted.
1: Yeah, I don't – I guess those negative training camp –
0: Yeah, uh, I guess that's that's got to be the reason.
1: Wow, they, I, I didn't realize it affected him that much. Yeah, that'll
0: be an interesting thing to watch because I'm really – I'm pretty high on Jordan Cameron. If I wouldn't have had I'll, – I'll read my lineup real quick. I got Colin Kaepernick, who, again, I got in the eighth round. I see that as value. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, Ray Rice, Frank Gore, Reggie Bush um, – Isaiah Pede, Bernard Pierce, Joik Bell, and Marcel Reese. Those are my running backs. Uh, so there's definitely a drop off after Reggie Bush and to to Bernard Pierce, but I'm I'm still all right with it. Um, and then I have a wide receiver: uh, Victor Cruz, Antonio Brown, Deshaun Jackson, Denario Alexander, and Ryan Broyles, which I'm pretty pleased about. I, I I I'm pumped about the team.
1: Yeah, that that's. I mean, I love Broyles that late. Yeah, I mean. Royals showed a ton of chemistry with Matt Stafford in that in a very short time that that, that he was uh, actually getting consistent playing time. Um, I love him in half PPR or full PPR.
0: Yeah. So and then Owen Daniels is my tight end. So again, just like Denny was saying, um, the, it, it's not a you don't need to stream uh, tight ends whenever you feel good about that tight end one. There, there's really. I, Another thing too, Denny, and we can just chat about this really quick as we close out the podcast um with with the tight ends, i don't necessarily see a reason most of the time to draft a second tight end. i mean right uh, you know a lot of times if you especially if you know your league, especially if there's a shallow bench, you don't need two tight ends on your on your bench not only uh are there going to be some available right after the draft, but that's usually the first position that goes off of people's benches uh once the season starts.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, it, it's uh, it's amazing the uh, sort of uh, mass exodus of backup tight ends that enter the waiver wire uh, on the first bye week of the season, yeah. where people suddenly realize, oh my god, I'm my my I'm so thin right now. I need to, I need to drop my uh, my you know my Hausler, my Dustin Keller, my uh, you know so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, even even a Cameron, perhaps in a twelve team league.
0: You forgot to make those names plural.
1: Oh I did. We we actually uh my, my 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 good friend Marielle said that she would uh she would do a, what is it was she saying not a shot of, of whiskey but like a whole pint
0: Yeah, of something whiskey. insane if we said uh if, if because we often reference players as like as like groups or like as tiers. So like all the yeah. Jared Cooks of the world. You're right. <laughs> and all
1: the Jordan Cameron's of the world. Which I think just those two references just killed her because she just <laughs> thinks dead. like Two, three, three or four pints of whiskey. I'm so sorry, Mario. I want There's... I
0: want Davis Maddock to give a eulogy,
1: <laughs> it, which would sound like it would
0: it would be something along the lines of I'm sorry that you... <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do this, is
1: Davis. Be, is there, is Davis, there we love you. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. It's all in good fun, Davis. You know that. But uh, but is there a re- did did he like actually auto tune his voice at some point? <laughs> no, it was,
0: he was on the the two mugs podcast and uh, uh, I listened to it as everyone should. Uh, and and I don't I think one of them made the comment about it and it was so true uh, that that his voice is just like it's not it's it's very subtle. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he's walking down the street and people are thinking that he's using like the. The, the app on his iPhone to talk all the, it's like it's not like he swallowed his iphone and it it was the app was playing while he swallowed it and it's just playing all the time but he <laughs> he he definitely there's it, when you really listen to it it sounds like he's he's constantly auto tuned
1: well that's that's pretty cool I'm jealous
0: it's kind of awesome I sound like an idiot I'd rather sound <laughs> auto tuned
1: <laughs> all right man well i i i think i think that was an instructive mock because It showed that the 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 streaming, which we do, the streaming uh, strategy is not set in stone. I I, you know we didn't go into this uh, mock draft um, dead set on on streaming quarterbacks and tight ends and defenses. We 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 came into it with an open mind, and we you got fantastic value on Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. I think I got good value on RG three. Sure, Um, I I feel unbelievably good about. Finley in the 12th and and you got Daniels at a low price so you know I I think that it's important to to realize that you don't don't go into a draft with that inflexible sort of mindset
0: yeah and that's that's the number one key I think that we try to preach is that it's about flexibility it's not about you know sticking to a positional plan where um you know, you're, you're only drafting a quarterback in round 11. That makes zero sense because every mock draft is going to be different as we saw tonight. Um, with, it was, it was an interesting one. We saw some, some, some strange values. I mean, I I'm, I'm looking at it now and, and like Le'Veon Bell is, is finally, uh, in the third round, it looks like, um, you know, he got picked by Davis Maddock at 34 <laughs> and, then, uh, you know, Steve Smith at the end of the fourth round is another one. Uh, one thing that I do want to mention is that Rashard Mendenhall went in the fifth round, and that should never happen. Yeah. That, that you know, I wrote a a pretty in-depth article on Bruce Arians over at Number Fire this week, um, and it, it's not pretty. I, I didn't write about the running game. I, it was all about the passing game. But that offensive line, man, it is very tough to get behind that bad of an offensive line. I know that they improved it a little bit over the offseason. That bad of an offensive line with Rashard Mendenhall, who looked horrible last year. He looked—I know he's coming off an ACL tear—but he looked horrible last year. So that's just another reason to to perhaps I'm not advocating it. Get somewhat excited about Ryan Williams, which we're going to do every single year. Um, every year, yeah. Which is you know it's just a it's a Jonathan Stewart potential situation. Oh. Uh, maybe even worse.
1: Yes, worse.
0: Um. But, you know, he he's – Ryan Williams is one of those, like, eighth, ninth round guys that's, that's you know, potentially going to be an RB2, you know, like that everyone just gets excited about. But it, he's like – Ryan Williams is the guy that once the season ends, if he does well, people pinpoint that guy like they did C.J. Spiller last year, and they mm-hmm. say, this is why I don't need to get a running back early. And it's, oh, it's yeah. because of that. It's because of those value players but, you know, realistically, play the probability game, and that's that's it's not smart to to bank on something like that.
1: Yeah, no, in the range of outcomes, that's very, you know, very very low low chance. Like you said, there are always outliers, but you can't you cannot go into a draft and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to get this year's spiller.
0: Right, and, mean- and and that's the thing that you know Silva went on a, a slight rant yesterday about Jimmy Graham. Um, and, and, and again, it's fine if you value Jimmy Graham the way that you want to value Jimmy Graham because he's capable of doing some pretty crazy things uh, in, in fantasy. But what what was key to what Silva was saying is that if you're going to get Jimmy Graham really early, early second round or into the first round, you have to be confident with the running backs that you're going to pick later in your draft. You, you have to know that you're going to get guys that – that maybe three guys that one of them are going to hit and become RB twos or else that Jimmy Graham pick is not going to help you.
1: Yes, uh, no, absolutely. It, it, it'll take a a nice little, a nice little value run there in the, in the early rounds, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I think that was a, that was a good time. Hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, shout out to everyone who was, who participated and, and moved over to a new uh, draft room, including uh, Adam Pfeiffer, who was replaced by Chad Ladd. Chad Ladd? Chad Ladd and his 17 defenses.
1: All right. Well, that, you know what? That's solid strategy. The, the, uh, the, the early, mid, and late round defense. I think that's your next book.
0: Yeah. I, that's, I, I love it. I love the idea. <laughs> and also also a big shout-out to Davis Matic, because I made fun of him with the auto-tune throughout this podcast. <laughs> it was all in yes. good fun, though. I love Davis.
1: Oh, we we need to reward a book. Uh, award a book. To I people.
0: well, you know, I actually in the chat I said I said that I would just give one to all. I'm like Oprah. I'm gonna. Oh 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 yeah right. Because they 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 moved with us. They were they were cool with with everything that went on in that first mock. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm giving everyone a car.
1: You get a book.
0: <laughs> Every, everyone gets a book that costs $0 right. to print. And then they,
1: they're going to pan over to the mock drafters and they're going to be like,
0: Oh my God, oh
1: my God, <laughs> yes. oh my God, oh my God, weeping, oh my God. Exactly.
0: Everyone gets a book. You get a book. You get a book. <laughs>
1: yeah, same here, guys. Same here.
0: Yeah. So just email us um, and, and we'll we'll do that. So yes, anyway... Danny, are you going to go back in the shower and cry?
1: You know, I think I'm over it. I mean, for now, unless and until uh David Wilson does something to himself, then it's back to the shower.
0: That if David Wilson does something to himself, then that's you're not I think that you're going to leave Twitter, correct?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I was going to leave the United States, but also Twitter.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Twitter tw- Twitter's the one that we care about. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Degenerate. Anyway, uh, so Denny, where can they find you at?
1: Uh, at CD Carter thirteen on the Twitters, and uh, I write for sportsjerks.net, dot net, dot com, and Four for Four dot com.
0: Very nice. Um, and and you you uh, broke your road to World virginity this week. I did. Congratulations, Congratulations
1: you that, to you. You made that sound so dirty. Oh, wow. yeah. of course. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I have a streaming – it's kind of what I would hope is kind of the definitive article of mine about streaming tight ends. I found some new stats uh, that really, I I think, kind of shed some light into into how, uh, how this is viable and why it's viable. The increase in targets and receptions among tight ends over the past 10 seasons is really remarkable. So uh, check it out. It's on uh, Roto World, the NFL Roto World page right now.
0: Yeah. Awesome stuff. That's exciting. I'm very very happy to see you on RotoWorld World for sure. Thanks. Um <clears> then <throat> I am JJ Zacharies and You can find me at lateroundqb. Obviously lateroundqb.com, but more importantly numberfire.com where I'm writing content daily all the time. Uh it's it's been a lot of fun. There's already projections out there for every week of the season which changes kind of dynamically as we change uh, things within the database, but it's a it's a really cool uh, site that that you know dives into a, a much deeper analytical side than you'll see at other places. Um, there are there are PhD students that have worked on these algorithms, folks. So it's not just some some random uh, Chad lad sitting in his in his bathroom.
1: Good grief, man! Projecting, killing poor Chad lad here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love you, Chad lad. Yeah, keep listening. Keep. <laughs> oh, man, it's all in fun, right?
1: I mean, it's out of hate mostly right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: Kind of. I just feel bad for Pfeiffer, man.
1: I do. I do feel bad for,
0: yeah. for Pfeiffer. But it's really not Chad's fault. All that happened to Chad tonight was that he went into the mock ESPN mock, mock draft lobby, and he selected a room, and he just so happened to go into the room that we were at at the exact same time that Adam was not able to get in and now he's he is the 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 one piece of this podcast that we're making fun of
1: he's the goat
0: he is the goat anyway all right denny let's go uh let's go get some milkshakes
1: yay all right
0: all right see you guys thank you for listening to live in the stream we hope you enjoyed the internet podcast don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now it won't take long it's
1: fast for more football info Check out LakegroundQB.com Hope you come back
0: soon As we share about the team